Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. So we have some standalone sermons, and for those of you that maybe don't know what a standalone sermon is, is typically as a teaching team across Coastal Church, South Church, and Yarmouth, we typically teach through sermon series in a way that helps people grow in their walk with Jesus. And, and so we'll grab either books of the Bible or grab a topic or grab a theme and kind of walk with people through a progression of a number of services and teachings that help people to grow and go deeper in the relationship with God. Make sense? Cool. So what we're doing here for the next number of weeks is at each of our campuses, we have the freedom and liberty to kind of preach on stuff that's been on our hearts or things that we'd like to preach on. And so um, this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Next week, we have a beach service, and so we'll do that then. And then we have one more week. And so uh, we're going to kind of have opportunity to talk on some different things. And so um, I want to talk a little bit in particular about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And so, um, and in particular, how the Holy Spirit starts to work in our lives. And I would say this, that at times it's very difficult to determine how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. And that applies to everyone in this room. If you're in this room and you've been following Jesus for 40 years, you're still probably asking the question, God, how are you working in my life? What is it you want me to do? How do you want me to grow? All those kinds of questions you have, you probably still have them. I have them as a pastor, and I've been following Jesus for about 20 years now, and I still have those questions of like, like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in and through my life? What is it you want me to do? And those of you in this room that have yet to make the decision except Jesus and kind of follow him, you're here tonight possibly and probably because you're searching, you're seeking, you're kind of wanting to figure out, God, I think you're real, and I think you want to work in my life, and I think that there's hope that's found in you, but I just got to figure out how you're working my life, because I can't figure it out. And so my hope tonight is this, is that if you're here tonight and that's you, that I'd be able to provide some language for you based on the scriptures of how the Holy Spirit is actually working in your life. And so that's kind of my hope here tonight as we dive in to tonight's Scripture. Now, the other thing I'd say is this, is that if you're following Jesus here tonight, sometimes it's difficult for us to discern how God is working and what he wants to do in and through our lives. And sometimes we just get to the spot where we're stuck often. And so my hope for you tonight is that maybe God would spark something fresh in you by the Holy Spirit and allow you to see what he would want you to do. And so we'll dive into that here in a second. But here's my, here's my thought as I, you know, interact with different people. Uh, one of the things I love to do is I love to hang out with people that don't know Jesus. Um, it's one of the things I really love to do. I played softball last weekend in a tournament, and I absolutely loved it because I get to hang out with people that don't go to church. It's awesome. And I love just, like, getting to know people and, and, and connecting with people and building relationships and hopefully over time being able to introduce them to the person of Jesus. 
And I just love doing that. And oftentimes, God comes up in the conversation. And my experience has been, this isn't all the time, but my experience has been is that oftentimes when, when God comes up in the conversation, most people, not all, but most people actually believe in God. There's the occasion when someone says, nope, not at all. But most people I interact with and begin to talk about Jesus with, most of them actually have a belief in God. But oftentimes, people that believe in God have this belief that this God is a God who made the universe. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yep, we're good with that one. But they have this belief that God made everything and then took a permanent field trip and is not actively working in their lives or in our lives. And maybe he doesn't even really care that much about it. And this idea is not uncommon. It's happened over the last 2,000 years. It's called deism. And it's this view that God treated everything, but he's not actively at work in our lives. Now, as Christians and followers of Jesus who believe the scriptures, we would say that that's not true. That yes, God created, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but we also believe that God is actively at work in the world and actively at work in our lives. Amen? Amen. God is every single day working and speaking and moving and ministering and stirring and doing all kinds of wonderful things in our lives because he's a wonderful God. And that's the kind of God we serve. But I would say that sometimes in our relationship with God, now I'm speaking to those that are following Jesus, those of us that follow Jesus, sometimes we slip into this habit where we believe in our head that God is actively at working in our lives, but we live our nine to five or our Monday through Saturday as if God is not working. And this isn't like a guilt trip thing. This is just to make us aware that sometimes it's easy to slip into this view that we don't think God is actually actively working. Some questions maybe to consider as you're kind of wrestling with that idea that maybe sometimes we don't live in such a way or act in such a way that God's actually up to something and working. What kind of prayers have you offered lately with confidence that the Spirit would actually do something? Or here's another question that might like step on our toes a little bit or convict us a little bit. How often have we shared our faith recently knowing that God is already at work in the person we're talking to? Or how much have we tapped into the work of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives? Or how optimistic are we that our churches are going to be used to help bring change into the community that we're living in? So here's the tension. Most of us in this room believe that the Holy Spirit is actively at work in our lives. He's not far off and distant, but we live a lot like the disciples did before the Holy Spirit was sent. And we lack this awareness of what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. And we're kind of like the disciples in John chapter 16, who were so focused on Jesus leaving. Jesus had so much more he wanted to tell them, but in the moment they couldn't bear it. And so Jesus gives some instructions about this Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that would come and and do some wonderful, marvelous things. And so we're going to look at this scripture tonight in John chapter 16. This is what the Bible says. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. 
I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus gives this long instruction to his disciples right before his death, and he's trying to prepare his disciples. And so the question and tension that I see here in this passage of Scripture is, these disciples were so grief-stricken, and they didn't understand why their master was being taken away. And if you fast-forward in your scriptures, and you literally turn the page like six pages over, you see these same disciples who in John chapter 17 and 18 ran and fled with the tail between their legs. You see these exact same disciples who got filled with the Holy Spirit and were willing to lay down their lives for the sake of Jesus. And the question I have is, what on earth happened? What changed these disciples so radically? And how did that even happen? Well, the answer to how these disciples transformed so dramatically was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit showed up in their lives and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were transformed. So the question I have tonight as we kind of dive into this work of the Holy Spirit and how he works in our lives is how does God, how does the Holy Spirit start to work in our lives? Based on this passage of scripture, how does the Holy Spirit start to work in our lives? So the first thing I would say from this passage of scripture about how the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life is God makes the first move. God makes the first move. The scripture says here in John chapter 16, but now I am going to him who sent me. And then a little later Jesus says, but if I go, I will send him to you. So we have some sending action happening in this passage of scripture, right? So who is Jesus talking about? But now I am going to him who sent me. Who's Jesus talking about? The Father. That's right. Y'all are engaged. That's wicked. He's going back to the Father who sent him. And then we have the Father. We have Jesus who promises, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now, who's Jesus talking about? You're with me. Yeah, let's go. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So you have the Father sending the Son, and the Son sending the Spirit. John Stott, a biblical scholar, talks about this God and how he, he's, he's ascending God. And he describes God in this way. He says, God 
is a missionary God. God is a, a missionary God. He loves the world and he wants, he always makes the first move. He starts the work of grace in each and every one of our lives. He moves first. Jesus, like the Father, sends the Holy Spirit. You see, the Father sent Jesus first. He made the first move. And then Jesus sends the Spirit. Jesus made the first move. And God makes the first move in our lives. Matter of fact, he makes the first move in our lives when you and I are heading in the opposite direction. The Father sends Jesus, Jesus sends the Spirit, and that all hop happens when God is here and we're walking away from him. The scripture says in Romans chapter 5 that while we were his enemies, God sent Christ to die for the ungodly. So it's when you and I were actually walking away from God that God made the first move. He moved, and he moved, and he moved. The Father sent Jesus to come to seek and save those who are lost, and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. God made the first move. Why? Because he loves you. Because he wants a relationship with you. Because God has an incredible plan for your life. And he wants to help you. That's why Jesus described the ministry of the Holy Spirit that he would send the helper. And boy, oh boy, does the Holy Spirit ever help us. God made the first move. Here's what I'm going to tell you here tonight. God has been working on your life since the moment you were born. Speaking, revealing, drawing, trying to align circumstances, trying to get your attention. God has been working on your life, making the first move over and over and over again to try to bring you into relationship with him. God made the first move. And ultimately, God wants to bring you into a relationship with Jesus because he is the catalyst. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the person that's going to lead you into transformation. And so God has spent your whole life trying to bring you into a relationship with God through Jesus so, so that God can unfold his plan and purpose in and through your life. Amen? God made the first move. And the Holy Spirit... His job in your life is to convince and convict you, to convince you in the deepest part of your being that this story about Jesus is more than just a nice story. A huge part, in, in, and Jesus talked about this in John 16. He says, the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify me. The Holy Spirit's job in your life is to reveal the person of Jesus to you. It's to let you know that this Jesus is actually real. He's not just a made-up story. He actually lived 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit's job is to convince you that Jesus did suffer and die on a cross for your behalf, that he took your sins upon himself, that he rose again from the dead. The Holy Spirit's job is to convince you that that's actually true. And not only that the story of Jesus is actually true, the Holy Spirit's job is to convince you that that story that happened 2,000 years ago has the power to transform your life. 
It's why Paul said, I am unashamed of the gospel, the good news about Jesus, because it is the power of salvation. Amen? The good news about Jesus has the power to change your life. And so God, since the moment you've been born, has been working by the power of the Holy Spirit to convince you that the good news about Jesus is the real deal. Does that make sense? And so the Holy Spirit has made the first move. And I think if every single one of us in this room were to stop, whether we're five or whether we're 80, if we were to stop and look back at our life and just slow down for a second and reflect, every single one of us in this room, I believe, would come to the conclusion that they could see moments in their lives where God was clearly working, where God had clearly made the first move. People that come across our path and just happen to. Circumstances in our life that just seem to not make sense except for divine intervention. Or God protecting us from a particular disaster that, that we were kind of set up for. Or God allowing us to experience a negative thing in our lives to try to get our attention. In one way or another, God made the first move. And I think if we stop and reflect and look back, we could see that that's true that God was working. And I would just say to you in this room right now, the Holy Spirit is working in your life right now as we speak. He is doing stuff in your life. God is trying to get your attention because he wants relationship with you. He's speaking. He's moving. He's the person that probably gave you the desire to come here to church tonight, or he prompted someone to invite you. The Holy Spirit is working in your life, and he makes the first move. And I'm thankful that God makes the first move because I wouldn't have made the first move. Right? Can I get an amen on that one? I'm thankful that God made the first move, and they decided to send the helper. But here's the deal about this helper. Sometimes the helper helps in ways that doesn't feel helpful. I have one of my children that says, that's not helping. And sometimes we say to God in ways in which he works in our lives, that's not helping. Because sometimes God helps in ways that doesn't feel helpful. Jesus says the helper will come. And the very next sentence Jesus says about this helper is he's going to do three specific things. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. One of my mentors explained to me that sin is simply this, not listening to God. Sin is simply not listening to God. And the Holy Spirit has come, and this is a little bit heavy. Trust me, we'll get to the good news. Hang in there. The Holy Spirit has come to convince us and convict us, each and every one of us in this room and the world, that we are not listening to God. And that don't feel that good. It's why so many of us, before we accept Jesus, we have so many unpleasant emotions. And in order for the Holy Spirit and for us to experience change in our lives, we actually need to be convinced first and foremost that we're not listening to God. So 
The Holy Spirit's job is to help us, and one of the ways he helps us is to convince us we're not listening. Doesn't feel helpful, though. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is not only does he convince us we're not listening to God, but he also convinces us that we're not living the right way. And in 2023, being convinced you're not living the right way is highly offensive. Because in 2023, every single person makes up what they think is right in their own eyes. But here's the deal, according to the scriptures, is you and I don't get a vote on deciding what's right and wrong. God, the only one that's holy and just and above it all, he decides what's right and wrong, and he doesn't need any help, amen? And so the Holy Spirit has actually come to convince all of us, especially in 2023, who are convinced we make up our own right and wrong, that we're actually wrong. And that we actually, we're living the wrong way. And that seems highly offensive until you understand the motive behind this God, this Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to convince us that we're not listening and convince us that we're not living the right way. And he wants to convince us that if we continue to not listen and live the wrong way, there's going to be consequences. And it ain't going to be good. And if you read Romans chapter 1, you'll see some of that consequences that, 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 that God's talking about. Now, that sounds really, really heavy. And that sounds all not all that helpful, doesn't it? But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit does all that in our lives. Why? He convinces us that we're not listening, that we're living the wrong way, and that consequences are to come if we continue to live in such a way. Why does the Holy Spirit do all that? To make us miserable? To make us just feel like awful about ourselves? To put us down in the dumps so we can feel good about his own judgment over us? Does God do all that in our lives because of those things? You know why the Holy Spirit convicts us and convinces us we're not listening, we're not living right, and there's consequence to come if we continue to live that way? You know why? Because God loves us so much and he has an incredible plan for each and every one of us. And in order for us to experience that plan, we need to come to the realization we're not listening, we're living the wrong way, and there's going to be bad consequences if we can even live that way. The Holy Spirit wants to convince us to bring us to the point where we realize, I actually need Jesus Christ in my life. I need to be forgiven for not listening and living the wrong way. And I need Jesus, you, to teach me how to listen, how to follow you. I need you, Jesus, to teach me how to live in a way that pleases you. And ultimately, that is the catalyst to God's blessing in our lives. It makes sense. It's not complicated. And it all comes through faith in Jesus but we first and foremost need to be convinced. Does that make sense? And so God starts this process in our lives. This process that doesn't always feel helpful. 
And it's not like all these warm, fuzzy feelings. Sometimes we think that the work of the Holy Spirit, and don't get me wrong, when God's love is poured into your heart, that feels good. Amen? When God pours his love into your life, man, oh man, it is the best feeling you could have as a human being, I'm sure. But not all of our experiences from the Holy Spirit actually feel good. They're not all warm fuzzies. They're not, even as a mature Christian that's growing in their faith, sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit does in your life doesn't always feel good, doesn't always feel helpful, but God has his best interest, our best interest in mind, and he loves us, and whatever he's doing in your life, he's doing it on purpose, amen? The third thing that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is he starts to work in us. Not only does he kind of start that work and, and begin to work in our lives, but he prepares us to partner with him. The disciples, Jesus was trying to get them ready for this crazy ministry. And what blows my mind is that Jesus looked at some of these ragtag disciples who had all kinds of character flaws and issues, and he's like, yep, I can use that. And it's like, I probably wouldn't do that. Like, if it was me and my own judgment, I'm like, nope, if I'm one of them people, you probably pass over that one. But Jesus, before these people get filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus gets these disciples ready for a lifetime of partnership with him. Amazing. And I love this. Jesus looked at these disciples before they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and he saw their potential. I love talking about this. I love talking about how God looks at this congregation and you as individuals with all of our failures and weaknesses and frailties and character flaws, and God looks at each and every one of you with love, and he sees your potential. He sees what you can do for him and his kingdom. And he's been actively at work in your life from the day you were born to prepare you to partner with him and his kingdom. If you are feeling kind of down on yourself tonight, be encouraged here in this place. God hasn't given up on you, and he's not planning to anytime soon. And he looks at you, and he sees potential. The Holy Spirit is filled with optimism and hope as he dreams about the potential you have in your life. And that's not just to make you feel good, by the way. It might make you feel good. That's not just like a nice self-help talk. It's the truth of how the Holy Spirit works. When Christ comes into your life and you begin to let him take leadership and lordship over your life, he just begins to use you and do amazing things for his kingdom. And you begin to partner with him in what he's already up to in people's lives. You're not doing this all alone. You're partnering with God. He's already up to stuff. He's already working. How many of you in this room believe that God is already actively at work in every single person? Amen? So when you begin to partner with God, with what he's up to in people's lives, you're not building a foundation from scratch. You're building on what God's already done. So your job as you partner with the Holy Spirit is this. You ready for it? Your part to play is discerning how the Holy Spirit wants to use you in each and every situation. Lord, what would you have me say to this individual? Lord, do you want me to say anything at all? 
Lord, how can I pray for this individual? Lord, the gifts you've given me, how do you want me to use them in the life of this individual? You see, you're partnering with what the Holy Spirit's already up to in the life of that individual. God's already done some stuff. And so you come to God with your unique personality that God already formed and made and is amazing. And the gifts and abilities that God's already deposited in you by the Holy Spirit, you come to God and surrender those things to him. And he says, this is what I want you to do based on your wiring. This is how I want you to love your neighbor. And so you partner with the Holy Spirit with what he's already up to in the life of that individual. And so there's this sense of confidence. You don't open up a conversation with someone about Jesus sheepishly and shy, though that might be the case for a lot of us, including myself sometimes. But instead of approaching things that way, you actually approach a conversation about Jesus with confidence. Why? Because you know God's already been at work. God's already been preparing that person's heart. God's already been doing things in the circumstances of that individual's life to bring them and convince them that Jesus is Lord. You're just partnering with what he's already up to. So you can step in with confidence and boldness, with your unique personality, with the gifts and abilities God's given you, and realize, hey God, I'm partnering with you. What would you have me do in this situation? Lord, use me. I want to partner with what your Holy Spirit's already up to. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. God is doing a fresh work here at Coastal. I love it. And it's so encouraging seeing people grow in their faith. It's so encouraging seeing how the Holy Spirit has been drawing people into faith in Jesus. It's been so encouraging seeing people accept Jesus over the last week and a bit. We've had three people receive Christ. It's been so amazing that the Holy Spirit's been working and drawing and stirring. It's been so encouraging that the Holy Spirit's been kind of doing these things in our lives and yes, even helping sometimes when it doesn't feel helpful because he loves us. And I marvel at this God who has incredible plans for each and every one of us, who is unfolding his plan and purpose in our lives for our good and his glory, amen? amen? Who is calling us to partner with him to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. How many of you know God has already actively been at work in every community of Southwest Nova? Amen? amen? So he is calling us to partner with him with what he's already up to. And you all have a part to play in that. You all have a part to play in taking Jesus. And our responsibility to partner is just to pray and say, Lord, what is it you would have me do? And discerning, figuring out, in other words, what God would have you do. Don't think you got to do it all because you can't. I was telling the prayer team here earlier tonight, it's like oftentimes we bring to God and we just don't think we have a whole lot. We're like that little boy and he's got five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 5,000 people. How many of you guys feel that way with God? It's like 
God's asking you to partner with him, but you look down at what you got in your pocket, and you're like, five loaves of bread and two fish. That ain't a whole lot. That ain't going to get the job done, is it? Listen, every single one of us in this room ought to and probably do have that feeling. What I have, my personality, my gifts, the things God's given me, it ain't enough to get the job done. And the Lord's like, I know. That's why you need me. (laughs) That's why you need Jesus. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit takes the little bit that we offer to him, which ain't a whole lot, and he multiplies it. And he brings the increase. So don't disqualify yourself if you don't feel like you're bringing a lot to the table. We all aren't bringing very much. But God just wants it. He wants surrender. And it's amazing what he'll do when we choose to partner with him and let the Holy Spirit bring the increase in lives that are unsaved and bring the increase in people in this room and bring the increase to see more and more people come to faith in Jesus and be grounded in the gospel. God is calling you to partner with him. So maybe you're here tonight and your next step, the Holy Spirit's been working in your life and maybe helping you in ways that you don't feel that's helpful, but you know you need Jesus in your life. Maybe tonight is your opportunity to invite Christ to come into your heart. I invite you to come for prayer. Say, I need Jesus in my life. If you're here tonight, and maybe God, you're trying to discern how God wants to use you, and you need clarity, and you need James chapter 1. You need to ask for wisdom. Would you come up for prayer if you need wisdom to know how God might want to use you? And if you're here tonight and maybe God is stirring your heart, maybe it's your next step. The Holy Spirit's next step in your life is to make the decision to be baptized. Maybe that's the Holy Spirit's next step in your life, to go public with your faith and publicly declare, I've decided to follow Jesus. Whatever the case may be, my challenge to you is this. Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, listen and follow. Would you stand? Father dear, thanks for the ministry of your spirit. Come and stir our hearts and draw us closer to you. We love you and we welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.